Welcome to Two For None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. My name is Patrick Cullen, I'm of course your host, and I'm here with my delightful co-host, the one and only Christopher T. Barty. Bardo, how are you mate? How are things tracking over there in the West? They're, oh, they're tracking better now that I've got the microphone facing the right way. <laughs> but I tell you what, Pat, uh, two wins in a row, it's got me all turned around, mate. It's got me all turned around. I don't care. Tell you what's got me turned around. What's that, mate? Turned around, Chris is our episode with those Irish cricketers, uh, the delightful Noel and uh, uh, Laura Delaney, that uh, we broke the internet, Bardo. Um, yeah. We smashed it. The pod's gone viral. Yeah. Um, we're now bigger than Facebook. We're bigger than Twitter. Um, it's all about two for none, as far as I can ascertain. Sweet. Yeah. No, it's good. And so everybody should be. Um, that was a that was an absolute pearl of an episode. Uh, uh Niall was fantastic. Uh, Laura was fantastic. Uh, I, th- I think we're onto something there, mate. I think we need to talk about Irish cricket more often, and uh, and all parts of the world. In fact, I think uh, I f- I'm feeling an expedition to Thailand very soon. I don't know. I don't know. You know what, B Train? I didn't want to push that point too hard, pal. But we do have a mate, Nick James, who's playing cricket for Thailand, and I wonder if we could somehow like get a gig commentating there or something i don't know maybe there's a way we could weasel our way into thailand cricket as well i think the pink ball i think pink ball cricket would go extremely well in thailand i just have a feeling about that i think that'd go well but uh <laughs> you know just- is there any basis for that b trainer is that just straight out of the ether there well they like the nightlife there in thailand don't they the, the full moon parties and you know full moon cricket uh-huh. you know, I, uh- full moon cricket now, this is an idea I can get around. Do you reckon the ball would swing more with a full moon? Uh, yeah, oh, 100%. Surely. I think it would hoop around call at corners, surely. And given the uh, the normal um, activities at a full moon party, but I'm sure you'd feel like it was hooping around corners. <laughs> Either way. That's right. That's uh, very festive, is all I'm going to say about that. Um, speaking of festive, B-Train, it's a big episode, it's a festive episode, it's a party, it's the end of the Australian summer. Um, what a time to be alive. We've got an extended women's world with Heidi Cheadle, we're going to cover off the test in Monica, which I was at, as a matter of fact, hey. so I can give you a review of the stadium. We uh, Roscoe Thatil is going to step by with a Sri Lankan salutation, plus we're going to talk about the ODI squad for India. We're going to pick our Ashes squads, and plus we might have a couple of highlights of the Australian summer. So B-Train, uh, big old episode today, mate. Big old episode. It's uh, a bit of a Mardi Gras, although I think um, Mardi Gras means Fat Tuesday. So, um, I mean, it's not Tuesday, <laughs> but it's going to be fat. I'll tell you that. Definitely a gras. A McGrath. Fat Tuesday. <laughs> That's what it means. What? That's what it is. Mardi Gras means Fat Tuesday. In French. I'm just saying. Um, I'm just, but it's also, uh, it's not Tuesday, or at least the day of recording. Uh, so, you know, it's a Mardi Samedi, but it's cricket, so it's a Mardi Gras, you know, or a McGrath, which is a different spelling. You know what's great about that? Uh, sometimes I love Bardo just letting you uh, get into these deep holes, these deep holes of metaphors. Well, I'm just saying, if we, spe- if we spell it, 
M-C-G-R-A-S, then it, it, it works. Come together. Oh, Like boy. a party. Like a full um, party. <laughs> In Thailand. Hooping around corners, full moon. All that. <laughs> Time is a flat circle, buddy. That's all I've got to say to that. <laughs> um, let's go to something slightly more sensible. Uh, here's my child conversation with Heidi Cheadle earlier in the week for a women's world. Welcome to the pod. Welcome world. We are doing women's world. Women's world. I am woman. You are, Hyde. It's I pretty good to have it's you on the pad, show. Pal. We're pad. in the same room, Hyde, which is a whole new change for so us. Nice. Isn't it? So nice. Um, mate, couple of big games. Couple of big games over the weekend. Uh, Women don't stop, man. They don't stop. They can't stop, won't stop, no, Hyde. We won't, yeah. And, and we won't either. Uh, just like Taylor Swift. Uh. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Obviously, that's Miley. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, Obviously, uh, that's Miley. Uh, that's, I just lost points there. Uh, speaking of gaining points, though, Queensland had a great win over Western Australia, Heidi. This is me moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Subtle transition. We'll go with it. Um, he's lost it. I'm going to take the lead on this one. Thanks, Heidi. Look, the girls have done well. Gemma Barsby... P-O-M. Brilliant. Beth Mooney still still going with the bat. What a champion from WBBL. We've got 44 not out. That's what you need. You need an opener to score some runs, hang in there, get some red ink. Nice to see her carrying her bat there too, Hides. WA came out in the first and I've uh, got pretty much torn apart. All out for 100, which isn't going to win you winning many 50-over games, no, that's, that's a funny way to try to win. <laughs> yeah. Now look, but you can't win them all, can you? It's a very strange way to try and win. I completely agree. Um, you know, a couple of scores there, a 30, but a lot of ducks looking down that list. Three from the looks of things and a couple of ones as well, which isn't great. Pretty good bowling performance. That Gemma Barsby hides. Uh, Man. Have you seen a bit of her? What do you What do you make of it? I look champion. Yeah. Again, I'm not one to tear down a, a fellow player of the match. Oh, yeah. yeah all right, mate. It. Yeah, all right, Hards. All right, <laughs> I hate honey. myself saying that. <laughs> Uh, you say that, but you didn't really. Um, yeah, smashed. If you're getting the, the victory total inside 16 overs in a 50-over game, um, after bowling the opposition out inside 40, you're, you're probably going to win. You're looking good. Hides. Uh, you'd, you'd place your bets, wouldn't you? Yeah, you really, really would. Um, over the other side of the, the tracks there, Victoria were playing Tasmania in a lot more of a high-scoring affair. And, and Hides, this is probably the highlight of the round, really. Med, Meg Lanning's 105, mate. Considering where she's been over the last few months, because she's been injured, hasn't injured, she, Injured, yeah, man. She's, the poor thing needs to possibly live in a bubble outside of cricket. What did she um, do, Hides? Man, we've had some shoulders. I think there was a... I'm not actually sure. I'll have to reach out to her and ask. Yeah, send but her She a definitely message. had a shoulder ego ages ago. Yeah. But um, I think she missed a lot of the... Like the first half, at least, of the scorches in the WBBL. So yeah, she, right. But she's obviously, I mean, 105 of 101. That's champion. Actually, I feel like we should get her on the pod. Oh, I mean, Hides, if anyone's going to make that happen, that's going to yeah. be you, Let's pal. Get all of them. Uh, if you can, if you wanted to reach out there, use your networks, Hides, and just see if you can't get hold of, hold of Meg. Uh, well, we did grow up playing together very far apart. But hey, look. And Anna, her sister, yeah, we played, she was Gordon. Well, before they moved to Victoria. So before she's getting hundreds for Victoria, they were New South Wales based. Hey, Hides, I love it. Um, if you want to, if you want to follow down that avenue, I would, I would love to chat to Meg Lanning with all my heart. And mate, interesting one there is with Sophie Molyneux opening the batting. Yeah. 
getting run out from we've got two balls. Run out. That is no batter. No human wants to get run out, especially at the beginning of the innings for only one run. Yeah. However, I will say that beats a diamond. True. Every day of the week, twice on Sunday. <laughs> but um, look, look, she still plays for Australia. Give her a break. She's human. Yeah. Look, I just think it's strange to see her so high up the order. Yeah, that is um, wild. But. I guess there there was some thinking there behind it that maybe we're not prone to, maybe we're not privy to. Sorry, Hutch. perhaps they won't be making that thought again. Maybe they won't. <laughs> maybe they won't. Um, Molly Strano, who understands made yours, uh, got forty six down the end there, and uh, Nicole Fulton as well with thirty three not out. Pretty yeah, good scores there. That's Hutch. great. I've actually really only seen Molly bowling, so it's it's good for her getting runs. Red ink, man. That's it's good. That's again, a great the, start. The prevalence of all rounders in the That's women's a great game. Partnership times. too, yeah. I I feel yeah. You got. I feel like everybody these days. It's like all those actors who start singing and then singers who can also act. It's like you guys have got everything. Give I, the rest of the world a break. Are you saying that the majority of the women's <laughs> team is like Neil Patrick Harris? <laughs> Stand Patrick Harris. That's right. Um, so they made 260 there in the first innings, the Vicks. Um, Tasmanian made a pretty good effort in chasing it too. Some great partnerships at the top of the order there. Good starts at the top with Defire and Redmayne. Redmayne, she's always good, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Emma Thompson, also a fellow... Well, once a reindeer, always a reindeer. She used to play for Gordon. Moved to Tassie, total champion. Obviously not Emma Thompson, Oscar-winning actress. Um, who's a different one. Different one. Different, different Emma one. Thompson. I mean, but that if, would be amazing. If though, Emma it? Thompson, actress, would like to go on the pod. If anybody knows her, <laughs> and if, if anybody knows Meg Lanning better, we'll take anyone. Let's get, get the whole Love Actually cast on oh, here. And just talk to them about women's cricket? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. People yeah. would tune in for that. Yeah, man. I would I would listen to that. I would listen to it every night. <laughs> Me too. Uh, Tasmania weren't able to get the runs there. Didn't cross the line. But they still did well. We had, a, what, what's that, three or four innings with, you know, solid right. stuff. It's going to be hard to get home against such a large total. Uh, I think they bowled every member of the team <laughs> there, Hides. Because uh, everyone does everything. Right? It's a real team game. Real serious team game. Uh, Kristen Beams got a wicket. Uh, Sophie Molyneux got a wicket. We love Sophie Molyneux we getting wickets. Sophie Molyneux. Get her in, um, you know. So I'm really quite spread out there. Alana King with two for 39 was probably the pick of, but quite exceptional that so many people had a bowl there. Maybe they were just throwing them around. Right. Got to switch it up, man. Got to switch it up. Keep it interesting. Uh, one other game that went down, and look, I was scrolling down the list here. We're talking about uh, the South Australia versus the ACT Meteors. Scrolling down the list here, and at number 10 for South Australia comes in Caitlin Pope. And heights, I got very excited. You did. I got, I lost my mind. Marbles everywhere. Because I, I, I thought to myself, she's, she's ginger for one, and I was, it can't be. Ginger's united. You loved it. Well, You're exactly like- right. And of course, the famous uh, nineteen-year-old fiery, large-foreheaded uh, leg spinner <laughs> for South Australia, Lloyd the Cardinal Pope. It, you know. Could they, could they be related? It would be a beautiful thing. And they are not high. And dreams shattered. Shattered, torn apart. They Sandy's definitely know. Like done. But Caitlin Pope turns out to be an absolute gun. She's placed the South Australian Scorpions, the Strikers. She's an SANFL umpire, a Saka High performance trainee, and a soccer player. And a redhead. And a redhead. How did she bloody get all of that talent? Into into in such a small frame. Into one tiny body. I will I will never know. Well, and you know what it means now, though. Hides? We're going to have to do Pope watches in both the women's and men's pope games. Watches. We're going to have to. 
Um, we can't. I think be, you're going to have to. You won't well, be able to let it go, man. All right, that's that's a you're fair gonna point. You're going to go home tonight. And it's just going to be. What can I get? Where where can pope, I find pope, more pope, pope, pope. more pope related content? Um, Bridget Patterson at the top of the order there got one thirteen off one thirty four. Man, there are so many hundreds around the scorecards these days. It's like, what are you guys doing? It's Training? really impressive. Especially while we're seeing the men's game struggle with that so hard. You know, like the amount of over 100 scores we've seen in the men's game has been really limited. You know, yeah. and like it's, yeah. it's such a difference that obviously in the women's game, batting's being prioritised. People are crushing it, you know? That's it. And runs on the board too. So if you can, you know, it takes, you know, one or a couple of good part- partnerships here or there and, you know, it's game time. She made 113, as mentioned. Outside of that, the South Australians didn't look so great. Couple of 28s, couple of 29s. Talia McGrath was batting right up at three. Yeah, that's... Yeah, wow. Which, again, is Buck Wild. Predominantly a bowler, isn't she, Talia? That's what I would have said. In fact, I don't think I've actually seen her bat. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know she knew how to use it. Maybe the skipper thought that, too, and was like, let's just bump her up the top and see what she does. I'll see, and now we scroll on down. Sam Betts, run out for a dart. Oh, God. Yeah, not great. That's that's first that, ball too. That a diamond. Ugh. Yeah, not so good. Perhaps that's... her bat didn't come with instructions. <laughs> Next time. It's like IKEA height. Yeah, man. Oh, it's gonna get you. Uh, Claire Kosky at the top of the order there made fifty-five uh, for the ACT. Uh, Claire Mack did pretty well. Nice opening partnership, as a matter of fact. Thirty-nine off fifty-five. Things looking good. And then the entire middle order fell apart, including Anna Lanning. Is she a relation of Meg? That is there? Mini Meg. Yeah. I actually think I actually think that they have the same birthday. They're just a year apart. Get out mm, of here. I'm pretty sure. Is that incredible organization from their parents? That is wild, like clockwork. Maybe they had a calendar. <laughs> I'm going to get me one of those. Yeah, me too, pal. Highlight it. Um, So, Heights, after all of that, New South Wales and Queensland have found themselves on the top of the table. And Tasmania just missed out. Tasmania's never made a uh, WNCL final. And they've just missed out there, which is a bummer. You've got to feel sorry for them. You do. You do. Just by points. Empathy, sympathy, you have to. But... The good news so is that your and my uh, wonderful New South Wales breakers are in the final. Girl. Right? Against it. Queensland. Um, and big weekend, man. Big North weekend. Sydney Oval. Don't miss it. Are you going to go? I think I will. Well, are you going to try? Yeah, I'm going to try. Okay. Last okay, time okay. I went, to, I tried to go to the WBBL final and they sold out tickets. I was like, oh my God, like I didn't think about it. So I will think about it. I'll Great. Hides, that's exactly what I wanted to hear that's from you. Are you aware that the Breakers had the longest grand final streak in any top-tier semi-professional professional Australian league? Are you aware of I that fact, like, Hides? I feel like subconsciously I'm not shocked. <laughs> but no, that is wild. Man, the girls, we are so good. They are so good. Yeah. Oh, so good. And look, you know, they're playing so much cricket year-round, though. Like Totally, dude. Like, they're... Like, putting in the time like it's good to see the results come off because you want to put all the effort in and not be performing but it's been so good like everyone is just so good yeah standards yeah. are high runs on the board you know forfers fifers like oh it's yeah. unreal a lot of run outs too which is incredible fielding yeah that's either pressure from the field or just that's just incredible fielding which is what i know we know we spoke about it a while ago for the world cup but yeah australia's fielding just unreal 
And it makes it such every- more, a great spectacle for the, for the fans it. as that's well. That's it, 100%. Um, so look, break is Queensland fire this weekend. That's Beth Mooney versus Elise Perry. Hides, uh, what's your pick, pal? Do well, I even need to ask this question? I mean, I back the blue. You know that. Yeah, I, you I know that. that. But also, I mean, we had a very similar final in WBL. Beth Mooney versus Elise Perry. So True. anything can happen, man. I mean, if it was me, I'd obviously want to bat first, get the runs on the board. Yep. But anything can happen in a final anything can happen in a final ladies and gentlemen get down to North Sydney Oval this weekend grab yourself an ice cream and settle in uh, for what will no doubt be a wonderful game maybe you'll even see Heidi Cheadle uh, nipping around grabbing herself a very expensive overpriced mid-strength beer if she's very honest <laughs> yes <laughs> and if anybody wants to buy me that beer yes <laughs> it's the answer. so come to the game do it 10am thank you so much for your time pal we'll be hearing from you really soon both with our interview with Laura Delaney, Irish women's cricket captain, and uh, for another women's world very, very soon. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Heidi. Always great to have you on the pod. And B-Train, it's important to mention that we recorded that, Hides and I, uh, before the game went down, the final between New South Wales and Queensland. It's just wrapped up as we speak. And I'm pleased to say that Heidi was on the money. Uh, New South Wales have indeed won again um, and are continuing their outrageous streak. Nicola Carey got 79, which is the highlight of New South Wales innings. Um, Sorry, that's Rachel Haynes with the 79s. Nicola Carey stepped in with a 50. Ash Gardner had a solid 30 not out to get the total to 7 for 259. Queensland, they just lost early wickets, B-Train. They lost mm. early regular wickets. They were never in the chase. Uh, Delissa Kemmins down the order there got a solid 44, but uh, they were all out for 228. And the domination of New South Wales continues. But maybe not for long, B-Train, because Elise Perry is moving to Victoria. What? Mate, she's following... Yeah, pal. Yeah. Pez is following her partner who's got a gig with a uh, footy or rugby team down there. I can't remember which. And um, is moving down to Victoria. So this is their last season in the uh, in the light blue. Ooh, uh, is that, would that be the uh, Melbourne Rebels? Mm. Could be. Mm-hmm. Well, who would have thought the Melbourne Correcto. Rebels would shape the future of the cricket landscape? I know, and I think it's going to make women's cricket, at least the league, a bit more competitive next year. Yeah. Um, Victoria obviously not making finals this year in that competition, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised the addition of the great Elise Perry puts a bit of a dent in that. So we'll have to see. Uh, exciting times. We'll get Hides back for our next pod to wrap that up and uh, talk about the landscape as it shifts with the, uh, the big players there moving around. B-Train, let's talk about this test match, which we bloody won for a change, pal. And wasn't it a delight to uh, be on the the winning side of the ledger for two tests in a row? Well, look, I've always said when when you've been beaten up by a bully, what you should do is find a smaller person or a person smaller than yourself that you can Uh then pay for the bullying. To make yourself feel ah, good. Pay it forward. Yeah. Pay it forward. I like yeah. it. Forget about standing up to the original bully. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't turn the other cheek. No, 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 no. What Shut you need to idea, do man. is find a smaller person and just take out your frustrations <laughs> on them. Um, I mean, of course, no, of course I don't endorse that at all. That's a terrible approach. But that seems to be what's happened in the cricket. At least we've got something on the... Uh, some runs on the board. And, uh, and the summer run certainly actually uh, had a bit of a certain resolution, which is fantastic. 
Yeah, it did, didn't it? And look, like, you got to feel a bit sorry for Sri Lanka, mate. Like, they had to make a change to their entire fast bowling attack um, before this second test. Uh, you know, none of those boys were in necessarily in their in their number one test side before this summer started, before this tour started. So um, it was a really different Sri Lanka team that we faced than, say, faced New Zealand in mm. their first test over the other side of the ditch. But... But, uh, you know, we can't control that. No, you we can't. can't control the opposition where we're put up against. It's a test match. We're playing a test match. Um, and we're just going to take our chances. And, mate, like, Joe Burns scored that majestic 180 in his return. Um, and wasn't it wonderful, B-Train? Just feeling like watching an Australian batsman who's, you know, one of us, one of us, one of us. A, a bloke just back into the side, come in and dominate, Bardo. Wasn't that pleasing? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess there's two schools of thought here. I mean, first of all, um, you know, didn't didn't go particularly well at the Gabba, but obviously a great uh, a, a great knock there in in the nation's capital by Joe Burns. Uh, I mean, fantastic to see it happen. I mean, he looked really certain, played uh, a, you know virtually flawless innings. Aside from the fact that I think the Sri Lankan fielding again left a lot to be desired, um, but they may, he made the most of his opportunities. I think the only question really with Joe Burns is, should he have been in at the start of the summer, or mm. did being withheld for the Indian series light a fire underneath the great man, and uh, and result in what we saw um, in in Canberra? Uh, either way, it was a great innings and and uh, and a real boon um, uh, for Australia moving forward. And, uh, towards England. Sad he didn't get his two hundred, but yeah, Chris, I completely agree. And look, like it's it's worth mentioning again that the Sri Lanka's performance across the board was left a lot to be desired. I mean, they did get us to three for not many, um, mm. is what I will say. Three for twenty eight, which isn't great in that first dig, but they dropped a lot of catches. The fielding across the board was pretty poor if we're honest especially on the first day um and burns and travis head were allowed to to get away from them i i, I mean I, I hear your point there though chris i mean would it have been good to have Burnsy in this sort of form against uh india where we couldn't get a hundred on the board um and especially in the back half of that series really struggled um really 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 struggled especially with the bat yeah look could i just come back to i mean first of all you know Joe Burns was the first hundred of the summer, like let that yeah. sink in for a minute. Like that, the the last Test match, the last innings, in fact, uh, of the summer was Australia's first hundred, and it was scored by a guy that was kept out of the team for the for the entire duration of of the of the schedule. Um, so that's the first thing. The other thing I sort of come back to is again, I think, and, and I don't really know how much control you have over these things, but ideally it would have been nice to play Sri Lanka before we played India. Um, yeah, totally. You know, mate. before we played India, um, obviously, with the, and them being a little bit closer to full strength, um, one, because, you know, and, and without being disrespectful to Sri Lanka, you know, but they're not as good as India at the moment. India are clearly, I think, what this other test series sort of displays by comparison is just how good India are. But perhaps we would have had a little bit, a little bit more confidence in our batting lineup um, and, uh, and a few more runs on the board had we played Sri Lanka first. Um, but that being said, I mean, it's nice to finally have arrived at this 
this destination to to at least have some runs on the board. Um, as we said, it was a it was a fantastic innings um, uh, there from Joe Burns. I'm lucky not to get his 200. Maybe um, you know didn't yeah, totally. didn't uh, have full concentration when he resumed play on the next day. But um, yeah, we, as you say, the score the score there was three for 28 when he and Travis Head came together, and um, you know they've scored an absolute mountain of runs. Huge, butter, huge. Um, Trav ends up getting 161 before his LBW to Fernando. And the Spoon B-Train. The Spoon coming in and making his 100 was just fantastic. Um, he looks good, Curtis Patterson, doesn't he? I mean, again, like caveats to the bowling attack, but he looks good. I mean, a couple of the commentators were comparing him to Alistair Cook. Mm. Um, and... I watched a bit of him on TV and I can see that. Um, people that I met who saw him bat too when I was down in Canberra were saying that, uh, you know, Alistair Cook basically had a, a whip off the pads, a cut shot and a pull shot yep. and let everything else go. That is more or less Curtis Patterson's game. He's a tall man. He's a left-hander. He plays a lot off the back foot and he's good off the front foot um, through the onside. So... As a lefty, he, he's able to, to get away with that pretty well. But here's what I loved, Bardo, and I, I've posted it to the Two for None Facebook page. But you listen to that man when he's doing his first ever press conference as an Australian player and listen to the way that he talks about the game, talks about how he played, and talks about uh, the team and what the team needs. And it is absolutely fantastic. He's a humble, humble man, Al Curtis Patterson. And he's got his head screwed right on. Um, I'm a really big fan of him, pal. I've been saying he should be in the team for a little while now. And it's often criticized for making a lot of 50s, not necessarily making a lot of 100s. But um, I think the way that he approached this series and the pressure that came along with that and this innings that he did was was really quite exceptional. Plus, his nickname is The Spoon. And anybody <laughs> whose nickname is The Spoon can hang around as far as I'm concerned. You dig him. Yeah, that's right. The I dig him. Nickname's The Spoon, you dig him. Um, but, um, no, look, no, as we I think we've used the uh, adjective fantastic uh, a fantastical number of times to describe that the uh, uh, you know the overall innings from the Australians. Um, I think Travis said it's worth mentioning ends his summer with an average uh, over 50 um yeah. which you know we, we would have been um uh not something that would have popped into our consciousness um you know prior to this test match so um that that's exciting do you want to know what his average is for the season b train what's that do you want to guess what his average is sorry for the series the warm trophy in 2018 19 uh 85 Travis Head is averaging 152 in this series. Right. Very good. Jolly good. Keep that up, Trav. Um, that'd be nice. Yeah, keep that up. Um, of course, Curtis Patterson only had the one inning, so uh, he's there with an average of 144, I should say. Um, pretty good. Ordinary. Pretty good. Yeah, standard. Yeah. Um, yeah, not bad. One of the things, although we did talk well, about, we did talk about uh, unselfishness uh, earlier. Look, one point I would make is, um, you know, Australia were, were 5 for 534, so, you know, a, a declarable score, but there's still plenty of time remaining in the game. Uh, the captain, Tim Payne, made a very, uh, mm. you know, it was, I mean, it wasn't a, uh, oh, no, it was a patient in his strike rate of 39, um, makes 45, declares on 45 not out. 
Yeah, didn't want to hang around for another five runs. Just raise his bat for the first time this summer. Yeah, don't need that. He's all about minutes. That's what I like about him. Uh, yeah. That's unselfish play. Um, that is. So that was worth Good it. on him too. And look, mate, like on the Sri Lankan side, I thought Fernando bowled pretty well, especially on that first morning, getting a couple of wickets there. He got three for 126. Um, after that, he, he struggled a bit. Um, Rajita looked all right. Uh, bowled a bit short and a bit wide at points. Um, the rest of the bowlers struggled. I think it's safe to say the two spinners, Pereira and De Silva, couldn't quite get it right on the Monica pitch. It was a weird-looking pitch, Bardo. On the first day, it looked like it was something out of England, like it was a green monster. But it was actually flat as a tack. Mm. Um, Canberra over those couple of days was ridiculously hot, mind-blowingly so, especially for Canberra. Um, so... You know, it, by, by the day that I was there, the Sunday, there was a lot of cracks in it and it was an absolute road, Bardo. It was a super highway. So um, the two spinners there were trying to dart him in and really Nathan Lyon was a lot more effective because he slowed the pace down and gave it time through the air to deceive the batsman. Mm. Australia, as you mentioned, big man, uh, ended up being all out. Well, sorry, Australia declared five down, should I say, for 534. Sri Lanka came to the crease and uh, it was an interesting innings, that first innings. A couple of batsmen got hurt um, by short pitch bowling from the Aussies and had to retire. Um, Kuratne was one of them. He looked pretty good, though, I thought, for his 59, Bardo, at the top there. Um, he obviously got hit and then he went off and then came back later in the dig. Um but outside of him, they 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 got pretty dominated. But what did you make of it? Yeah, look, um, again, I mean, no no one likes to see, see a batsman get injured. That's it, it's an unpleasant part of the game. And um, uh, but I think, as you say, Australia was was simply too good. Um, I actually always enjoy seeing a hit wicket. I think that's. I love a hit wicket. I love a hit wicket. Um, I love a hit wicket. So that for me was the highlight of the innings. Um, I mean, you know. Not much to say. He, he Do really. Do you remember what, what's that, mate? Well, sorry, mate. Do you remember Warney's hit wicket um, in the 2005 Ashes series uh, when he was on about like 60 something? Yeah. And you know we were eight down, and Freddie Flintoff was bowling pure thunderbolts, and for some reason Warney was hitting runs, and then he just like pirouetted too far and smacked into him. Yeah. Yeah. Not ideal. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, Warney only knows one way, really. When he when he bowed, didn't he? It wasn't uh, yeah. it wasn't about to go out there and defend. Um, but uh, no, look, I think it was. This was a weird hit wicket though, because he kind of like went through with the hook shot, lost one hand on the bat, and then the other hand came down and tapped the top of the stumps. It, it was quite strange. It was a, it was one of the weirder ones I've seen. I think. Well, he knows how to turn, doesn't he, Shane? Um, Hey, oh, hey, absolutely, hey. absolutely. So does De Silva. Uh, De Silva knows a thing or two about a pirouette. There, he uh, he got round at pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, I think from a bowling perspective, um, there's not a lot to not a lot to say about it, um, other than the return of, of Mitch Stark. Um, nice to see mm. uh, him get, a, get get amongst it. And look, utterly terrifying at stages. Um, it's the most comfortable he's yeah. looked all summer. Um, five for fifty-four. Uh, economy round of four. So. But I think had more of a license there to attack with with others around. Um, yeah. The um, uh, the other person I thought worthy of note. I thought, look, Nathan Lyon two for seventy. You probably look at those figures and, and think they're relatively unremarkable. 
but um, I think he he bowled with a lot of uh, uh, guile um, and uh, mm. really you know held down an end there for Australia once again getting through the most amount of work uh, bowling 24 uh, overs the other thing as well I mean when you look at um, the uh, and we'll, we'll talk a bit more about the shield uh, cricket in, the, in a moment but um, when you look at the shield uh, bowling statistics for this summer um, Nathan Lyon is a country mile ahead of just about anybody else. Um, oh, really? And it shows. It's really hard to identify, uh, uh, other than anecdotally, who Australia's next best spinner is. I mean, we think it's John Holland, but um, uh, Nathan Lyon is, is that far in front of everybody else at the moment that um, it, it, it is genuinely hard to decide who your second spinner is. Um, Mate, so I, I came to the ground, right? I got to Monica with my sister, uh, Emma Cullen. I don't think she's listening to the pod, but if she is, hey, sis. Um, anyway, we get to there, right? And we sit down and we've got our, our uh, seven, well, we'll say $9.50 mid-strength beers and a pizza. And we're, we're sat in, we're ready to rumble. It's about 10 or so minutes before lunch. And minus Labashane comes on the bowl. And my sister's like... Who's this Labu 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 Cagney fella? And I'm like, uh, look, Labu Shane. I've only learned how to say it this year myself, sis. So I know where your head's at there. And I'm like, listen, he's a number three batsman for Queensland. He averages 33 with a bat. I'm not a big fan. You know, they he's done pretty okay this summer. He bowls some tidy leg spin, but they're probably just giving him a crack to see what happens. Bada bada ba. As those words are coming out of my mouth, Labuschagne bowls a straight one and gets a guy out LBW. They call lunch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. I think what we see there, Bardo, is the reverse of the commentator's curse. The blessing. The commentator's blessing. Uh, the commentator's blessing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Um, Clearly, we have to talk. It was pretty funny. Clearly, we have to talk Marnus down on, on uh, more occasions. Listen, maybe me nagging Marnus is what he needed to be able to fire in that flipper and get a bloke LBW. That's right. Maybe that's maybe that's what he needed all this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, Marnus. Good cricket commentary. Nice haircut today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good haircut, Marnus. You look like a tennis ball. <laughs> Now go do some good. Minus went and got a wicket, folks. He got one for five off two overs after I talked him down, which again is a great lesson about why you should keep your mouth shut, uh, just in general, really, when you're me. Sri Lanka, they're all out uh, for 215. And we knew that they were in trouble at that point. I was half expecting him to enforce the follow-on, but within 10 minutes, all of a sudden, Harrison Burns were out the crease. Um... And, and can I take this juncture to say, Chris, how much of a lovely ground Monica Oval is. It's really delightful. Um, it's it's like a classic cricket ground. You've got a hill on the right-hand side. There's some nice covered areas. Out the back, they had pizza trucks um, and multiple Ooh. like booze venues. And let me say this, Chris. I went to an entire day of Test Match Cricket. I did not queue for a, a bathroom or a bar once for the entire day. Um, yeah, that's what you want. Quick runs. Quick runs, Chris. I got food rapidly. I got beer rapidly. And everyone was very nice to me. So um, I, I thank you, Monica Roble. I had a seat behind the bowler's arm off to one side there. And it was really great. I really hope they bring... I, I, to be honest, I'd much rather go and see a test down at Monica than I would at the SCG. 
because the SCG is so full on. There's so many people. It's difficult to get around. Bada bada ba. Monica was super chill, man. And just outside of where the ground is, there's like a main shopping precinct. So you can go out at lunch, right. go to a pub, like have a meal, and then people could just cruise back in through the course of the day. Um, it was delightful, but five out of five Monica experience. Oh, endorsing it. All right. Okay. So um, interesting because that, you know, it, it sounds as if, uh, if Bell Reeves is going to get a, a test match again or an international again, they've got a bit of work to do. Well, mate, been, have they been, have they been usurped? They, in my eyes, maybe. I hear great things about Bell Reeve, though. Don't get me wrong. I'd be happy to go down there. But allegedly, there's no test coming back to Monica anytime soon. They're getting another ODI in a little bit, so I might nip down to see that because I had such a good time. Um, and it's a small ground, too. You could really easily hit a couple of big sixes on it. Uh, as we saw from Dick Weller, uh, which is something we didn't really mention in that, that previous innings, but Dick Weller, mate, has been the real find for Sri Lanka, if you ask me. That bloke is a gun. He plays some funky donkey shots. Uh, he's got a great haircut. He's an up-and-about guy. He had some really good sledging uh, just around the board. I-, I like that bloke. Get him in. Get him around. I'm all about him. Get him in. But that's all I've got to say. Well, I think he's in. I don't think he's going well, out. I mean, not necessarily team, even the Sri Lankan side. Obviously, he's in there. But, you know, maybe there's a BBL team we could whack him in and have sure. a bit of a look at ah, him. Sure. valid point. You know what I'm saying? Valid point. Yep, great. I'm all about... Yep, sure. Sure. I could see that. More ramp um, shots, Chris. More shots over slips. More of it. Dick Weller, bringing him in. I tell you, speaking of things that I liked, mm-hmm. uh, second innings. Yep. Usman. 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 He's back. He's back. He's back. It's good. It's good. It's a good news story. Uh, obviously, a lot going on with his family situation. Uh, that's I'm having no doubt. That's been incredibly unpleasant um, and and hard to put to the back of the mind. But uh, a really quick hundred in the second innings, allowing the uh, the bowlers to put their feet up, have a bit of a rest, um, and uh, good to see Osman back playing some terrific shots. I think that bodes well again for an English summer. Look again, we take it with a grain of salt, given that. Uh, the strength of the opposition but as you say you can only play the players that are in front of you um, and I think with that he's booked himself a uh, a ticket to England um, and look it's been a funny summer for Usman Khawaja I think you know particularly after that heroic effort in Pakistan late last year we were all waiting for we all thought this would be the summer of Usman the uh, the Sam Usman but um, <laughs> But uh, it didn't quite eventuate the way that we thought. But he's, he's ended on a high, which is terrific. Um, and, and clearly in a, in a better headspace uh, and, and understandably so than, uh, than he was. Um, Mate. And that put, put the game in a great position for Australia. Absolutely did. And, and Bardo, I went to a dinner party the night before this test match, right? The night before I went. And I met a few of my sister's friends. And I got introduced to this conspiracy theory. You know how I feel about cricket conspiracy theories, but how's this? This bloke I was chatting to was telling me that he reckoned that Usman was intentionally not scoring well um, and had checked out of test cricket, that he didn't care about it anymore. And all he was trying to do was maximise the price that he could get in the IPL and go and make gajillions of dollars playing 2020. He reckoned that his body language was poor, that he didn't care anymore, that Usman was was out. It was a conspiracy theory I heard. And he was like, you watch him tomorrow. Well, you watch him tomorrow and you see what he's like in the field. 
The next day, I get there. Usman makes 114. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 101, No offense, sorry. guy that Pat was talking to at a party, but you have been dropped from the circle of theorists. That's crap. Um, what utter nonsense. You. But it's that sort of thing, mate. It can be as small as body language when the, the comment section and random folks start tearing players down. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, you know. Um, just... Just moronic. Everyone knows that uh, Usman Khawaja... Well, clearly everyone doesn't know, but Usman Khawaja, to me, has always appeared to have a bit of a laconic nature, which is one of the reasons I think he's quite likable. Um, and um, he is always quite relaxed and calm at the crease. Um, as far as checking out a test cricket goes, that's a nonsense comment because that is the primary form of cricket that he's going to play. Um, sure, he plays the Sydney Thunder in the BPL, but... Uh, sorry, in the B- BBL, but... Um, I can't see any IPL uh, uh, teams jumping out of their skin to uh, pick up Usman Khawaja just yet. Um, perhaps some point in the future, but uh, not right now. Um, as I said, great to see him scoring some runs. Absolutely. Put Australia in a, put Australia in a great position. Uh, and then second innings, uh, it once again, is the uh, Mitchell Stark show. Yeah. This time, 5 for 46, Pat. Much more economical at, at uh, 2.55. And... Uh, uh, with a little bit of help, help from his mate Paddy Cummins wraps up the test and a clean sweep for the hosts absolutely mate and it was a demolition it's important to work today as well that Starkey was bowling real heat mate he was bowling up around 150 153 he got as fast as 155 56 so he was bowling quick um, and you know the poor old Sri Lankans you know they didn't they did not have an answer for it um, also worth pointing out that Jai Richardson and Paddy Cummins were excellent support and um, I can't wait to talk to you about the teams that you've picked as you mentioned there Stark 546 uh, Paddy Cummins got 3 for 15 1.88 like what are you even talking about um, Lino went wicketless in that innings but has had a great summer and Marnus picked up another cheeky wicket the cheeky fella um, Starkey's player of the match with his 10 Paddy Cummins player of the series and I couldn't think of two more deserving blokes mate even with Joe Burns getting 180 Mitchell Stark's return to form there is just so promising for us given the series against India coming up and the ODIs at World Cup and the Ashes Bardo, in what's a packed summer yeah for sure for sure and Pat we look um we find ourselves uh, on the cusp of, well, a massive, a massive winter of cricket. Uh, obviously, uh, three ODIs with India um, prior to a World Cup uh, and uh, followed by an Ashes tour in England, which is the tour, the series that Australia um, really uh, builds towards on a four-year cycle. Um, what, which one would you prefer to dive into first, Pat? Holy moly, Bardo. It's going to be a huge summer. It's, it feels like the summer never ends. Summer, winter, it's all blending into one. There is one man I want to hear from before we move on, though, big man, and that is Roscoe Thatil. Let's hear from Roscoe with a Sri Lankan salutation. Hello, this is Roscoe Thatil with your update from Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka were pretty bad in the second test. Uh, it's sad to watch how bad they were, to be honest. Uh, it wasn't that great. Uh, the batting efforts in both innings were well below par. I mean, it's understandable for their bowlers not to be penetrative because they've lost quite a few of their main quick bowlers and 
As expected, Australia racked up 534 for five in their first innings. Vishwa Fernando, though, impressed uh, for a while. The left-arm quick. He went on to pick up three wickets. Chamika Karanaratna and Kasun Rajita were were good at certain times, but uh, they were well below par as a whole. And uh, the Sri Lankan batting effort, they made only 215. Timuth Karanaratna and Lairu Tirimana made uh, good starts. Uh, Karanaratna went on to make a good half-century. And uh, Lairu Tirimana went on to make uh, 46 as well. But other than that, the batting uh, just fell apart pretty fast as uh, Sri Lanka were bowled out for 215. And... Uh, Australia opted to bat uh, again and uh, they made 196 for 3 declared with Usman Kawaja making an uh, unbeaten century and it was a much needed century for him to save his career and uh, once again the bowling was just well below par they were just taken to the cleaners by the Australian batsmen and uh, Sri Lanka was set a huge fourth innings total which uh, never really looked like they would they never really looked like getting that and they were bowled out for 149 nothing much to speak of in that batting effort as well as uh, stark went on to pick up five wickets each uh, in both innings to end with 10 wickets in the game the second time he's done it and uh, guess against whom he's done both of them uh, was sri lanka unfortunately uh, i think uh, i would rate his first 10 wicket haul a bit more the one he got in sri lanka uh that was a uh, pretty impressive to watch as well however things uh have been pretty uh bad for sri lanka during the past couple of weeks not past couple of weeks it's been a long time coming the past couple of years have just gone downhill for sri lanka and as expected uh plenty of changes for this tour of south africa especially in the test squad the captain has been uh, rested according uh, to uh, the reports but uh, seems like he's been dropped out of this team and uh, standing skipper has been named that's Dimuth Karanaratna Nirushan Dikwal will be the vice captain and some new faces in this squad uh, Kaushal Silva and Milinda Sirivardhan a couple of old horses returning to this squad and uh, Oshada Fernando Angelo Pereira two batsmen who've been performing really well in the domestic uh, circuit have been rewarded with an opportunity uh, for in the tour of south africa and a couple of uh, young bowlers mohammad shiraz a uh, right arm quick and lasit ambuldenia a left arm spinner as well so they've uh, made a return and four uncapped players in this 17 man squad so it'll be a lot of uh, boots to fill for the sri lankans uh, especially in that middle order and the bowling department uh, Dimut Karanaratna Nirushan Dikwal as i mentioned before will be the captain and vice captain they have Lahiru Tirimana Kaushal Silva Kusal Mendes who will be a key figure uh, on that tour Kusal Janit Pereira as well uh, he looked pretty decent in that first innings against Australia in the second test and then Milinda Sirivardhana and Dhananjay De Silva who's had a horrid time during the past couple of months Oshada Fernando Angelo Pereira the two guys uh, who've uh, had a good run in the domestic circuit and Suranga Lakma will once again lead that pace attack he's been uh, pretty good for sri lanka during the past couple of years kasun rajita vishwa fernando and shamik karanaratna will hold their place in the squad and uh, mohammad shiraz and lasit tambuldeni the two newcomers along with lakshan sandakan the left arm chinaman so it's a pretty inexperienced squad uh, that has been named on this tour they will have to face the likes of dale stain uh, uh Kagiso Rabada, Dwayne Olivier and uh, plenty more they've got uh, a couple of good batsmen to deal with as well the likes of Quinton De Kock, Hashim Amla, Faf Duplessis and uh, Dean Elga so it's a big uh, big big uh, 
challenge for the Sri Lankans. However, we can only hope for the best and uh, let's hope they have a good series in South Africa and uh, maybe they can surprise a couple of teams in the World Cup as well as I sign off uh, for this week. Thank you, Roscoe. Yeah, tough time to be a Sri Lankan supporter, mate. Tough time to be a Sri Lankan supporter, but they are a quality side. They have been for a long time. I'm sure they'll bounce back. I reckon we'll hear from Roscoe again um, before the World Cup, Chris. I'm thinking of doing a big correspondence check-in where we get all of our correspondents Ooh. to preview their sides, and then you and I do Australia. That's, that's what I'm thinking we do for the preview to the World Cup. Some sort of round table. Some sort of summit. A summit, Bardo. The two for none summit. summit. Yeah. Ooh. I like it. Ooh. Um, Big man, let's talk about this squad for the India tour coming up. Um, Let's talk about the squad for the India tour. So I've got a couple of 2020s, two 2020s, and then five ODIs in India, which is kind of bizarre, running from February through to middle of March. In in as we've said, is what a is what a ridiculous summer of, and winter of cricket. Um, let me just read out the squad that's been named, mate, and you can tell me how you feel about it. Aaron Finch is the captain. Uh, Paddy Cummins is the vice captain, as is Alex Carey, who'll be taking the gloves. Jason Berendorf, Nathan Coulter-Nile, Peter Hanscom, Usman Khawaja, Nathan Lyon, Sean Marsh, Glenn Maxwell, Kane Richardson, Jai Richardson, Darcy Short, Stoinis, Ashton Turner, and Adam Zampa. Big squad there, mate. Two spinners, a ton of batsmen, and the entire West Australian bowling attack. How do you feel about it, B-Train? Do you reckon that's on the money? Yeah, I do. Uh, definitely on the money. Um... I think if you're a Victorian, you probably have a right to feel a little bit miffed, um, given that I didn't they I can't even remember. God, did they win the one day domestic tournament? It was so long ago. Um, but no, look, I think it's I think it's there or thereabouts. Um, certainly, uh, when we reflect on the Indian series just gone, um, compared with the South African series at the start of the summer, I thought the makeup of the the team and uh, the the way in which the batting lineup in particular approach their performances was much better um so i think it's there or thereabouts and obviously that's a team that's going to get stronger uh with time we hope um you know so obviously you know finch hasn't been in great touch but not uh, massively yeah he's a he's a great tactician a good leader um his capabilities in the short form of the game are well known um, and it's just going to take one good innings and hopefully that innings is, is around the corner um, for him to do some absolute damage. Uh, Usman's batting, uh, you know, just coming off 100 in test cricket at a reasonable clip as we just talk, spoke about. Um, you know, uh, I think I've had some good batting performances uh, against India uh, in Australia, so that was good. Sean Marsh, you know, we've, we've covered him extensively here on Two for None. Um, the, the Sean Marsh fan club is... Um, membership well, is low, Chris. Membership is low. Membership, look, uh, <laughs> I would say stable. I would say stable. He um, did get a hundred in his most recent ODI, he, ODI game. We should mention that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he did get a hundred against India uh, when Australia needed it, uh, and he does look a lot more comfortable uh, with the white ball. And, and at this point in his career, he may be a, a white ball specialist. So his re- most recent form justifies his selection. So I'm quite happy with that. Um, Peter Hanscom again. Um, just looks more comfortable with, with, with the white ball and again I think was reasonable against India um, you know he's been reasonable for the stars and reasonable for Victoria over a long period of time mm. uh, in 50 over cricket 
Glenn Maxwell, we know what he can do. I guess the only real question is where, where in the batting order he bats. Yeah. Um, Ashton Turner, I think, is an inspired selection. Yeah, me too, um, mate. He's been incredible in the BBL. Ashton Turner, he's been an absolute gun. He's a, he's a match winner. He's actually a proven match winner. Yeah. Um, many times over the last few seasons, he's put the Perth Scorchers on his back and also the Warriors. Um, you know, he's a terrific attacking batsman. He's what I would call a two-paced batsman. A two-paced um, batsman, he can ac- He can accumulate or he can bop. Um, and uh, uh, so I think he's very versatile. And when you uh, say and, bop, and bowls Bardo, a bit as well. you mean uh, smash him out of the park and, and swing like a mug. Is that what you mean by bop? Yeah, essentially. So uh, I would say that uh, guys like Chris Lynn, Darcy Short are out-and-out boppers. Sure. Um Whereas uh, someone like Usman Khawaja is more obviously more of an accumulator and a, and a traditional sort of batsman. Uh, I think Ashton Turner has both gears to his game. Um, Marcus Doinis, again, um, you know, we know the versatility he brings both with bat and ball. Uh, he is more of an aggressive batsman, doesn't so much have the accumulation side uh, in his arsenal. But, you know, the, his abilities with the ball, particularly uh, late in the innings, are... Um, very, very valuable in the short form of the game. Been in good touch uh, Alex too, Carey. Ben Been in good touch, our mate um, Stoin. Been in great touch. Mm. Been in great touch to Stoin, yep. He's put the uh, put the Melbourne Stars on his back um, a couple of times during the uh, BBL this year. He only played uh, four look, games keep... of the uh, of the one-day tournament, B-Train, but he ended up with an average of 90 and a top score of 93, not out, 181 runs. So you can't really go past that if you're looking for a batting, uh, medium pace bowling all-rounder. Um, technically speaking, further up the chain from him was Henriques, but... Um, you know, recent times of this form, the longer format of the game, you'd have to say Stoinis is the guy. Yeah, look, and they've—I think they've made their choice there uh, in terms of uh, in terms of the Stoin. Um, I, look, I don't think you'll find too many people that disagree with with that. Um, I don't know. I haven't entirely given up on Moses on race international career. I have to be honest; he's, he's been quite consistent domestically for a long period of time. But um, you know, Stoinis is certainly the flavour of the month, so I don't really have an issue. With that selection at all, I think the wicket-keeping position is really interesting. Um, Alex Carey, you know, clearly, you know, vice captain. He hasn't done uh, hasn't done anything wrong particularly. Um, hasn't hasn't had a breakout innings uh, as such just yet. Um, but he's a, he's a perfectly capable wicketkeeper. Um, you know, clearly the selectors have made a decision to move on from Tim Payne in the short form of the game. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, I and mean, where clearly. He- Matthew, but, yeah, Matthew sorry, Wade's man. pissed somebody off. So yeah, he clearly um, has. I was just going to say, where yeah, he bats yeah. in the order, you do need an attacking batsman in that spot. Um, at, at seven in an ODI these days, you need someone who can bring you a counter attack. So I think he can probably do that job slightly better. Um, well, I think there's some questions about whether or not Alex Carey is better suited, um, you know, at seven or opening the batting. You know, I think that that is maybe one thing you would say about uh, this lineup at the moment is it's not exactly clear who partners Aaron Aaron Finch at the top of the order. Mm. Is it? You know, I know Aaron Finch and Sean Marsh have had some success internationally opening the batting. Um, Usman's obviously batted the opened the batting recently in Test match cricket. Yeah, true. Um, or do you go with someone like Alex Carey or um, Darcy Short, you know, knowing that Darcy Short's a possibility? Um, Darcy Short, you know. Uh, opening the batting for the Hurricanes and the BPL at the moment, um, he is an out-and-out bopper. Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, he will. It'll be uh, none for a hundred after ten, um, or none for one after one, 
one ball. So, um, yeah, he's come the, there to look, break windows, hasn't he? He's come there to kick ass and break windows, and he's all out of asses. I mean, I'll never forget that innings. I watched Darcy Short play, uh, you know, during the one-day domestic tournament for Western Australia. Oh yeah, against Queensland, wow. uh, where he scored a double hundred and just. Uh, I mean that was insane. So, um, yeah, his selection I think is also uh, justified, you know, as cover for Sean Marsh at the start of the tour. Um, his leg spinners are, are handy, um, and his fitness is improving all the time. So I think that's all. Those are all really good selections. Um, I'm yeah, we have some questions over the lion on the plane too, mate. I think he's a, a great pick, especially for Indian conditions. And the same goes for Zamps. Um, I'm really pleased to see Adam Zamper back in the side. You know, he's a, he's a really great one-day bowler, Adam Zamper. And I think we'd be crazy not to take him, given conditions over there. Yeah, for sure. And look, I think the uh, in terms of the spin bowling stocks, what this gives you now, you've got an offy uh, and a leggy. Uh, you've got a finger mm. spinner and a wrist spinner. So. Um, you have uh, the, both the ball that's going to turn into the batsman and um, although Zamba doesn't get a lot of sideways turn but in theory you'll have a ball that will turn away from the batsman uh, so you can pick and choose um, uh, either for the game on the day um, or for moments in the match which I think is uh, not to be underrated um, yeah the pace bowling attack is interesting um, I think Coulton Isle uh, is also a great selection um, you know, we've seen him have some success in the shorter forms of the game over the Australian summer. And a fit Nathan Coulton Isle is uh, not to be underestimated. Unlucky, you know, I think injuries have prevented him from, uh, you know, being considered for test honours. Uh, so good to see him being considered in the shorter form of the game. Jai Richardson was insane against India. Oh, incredible. Uh, you know, had a really positive debut. I'm Sri Lanka, sorry. Uh, series. Yeah. Uh, and Sri Lanka, India yeah. and Sri Lanka. Uh, and uh, obviously playing in here in the shorter form and, and Sri Lanka in yep. the test there. Uh, Kane Richardson um, didn't have a great uh, uh, last outing for Australia internationally, but there's a lot of faith in what he can do. Obviously being brought in as cover for uh, Mitchell Stark. Um, Who, by the way, and, is uh, injured there, B-Train. Um, he's set to miss the upcoming overs, limited overs series um, due to injury. So I'm just figuring out what that injury is but it's a bit of a bummer. Hazelwood is obviously going to miss those as well. So it's a bit of a time. Hopefully those boys are right for the Ashes series. So yeah, please please keep going back through there, B-Train. Well, I was just going to say, so I think, um, you know, it's uh, uh, as much as it's been a summer of uncertainty for, um, you know, our batting stocks, um, our pace bowling stocks at the moment are, are, are in surplus uh, because uh, Coulter Nile, Richardson, Richardson, uh, Berendorf is a is a you know I think he's uh, going to be special on the international stage with a white ball if he he gets a prolonged opportunity. Um, you know the, those are guys that can all come in and do a job. Um, and uh, when you think that, uh, and we've obviously seen what Pat Cummins can do. And when you think that you've got the ilk of Stark, um, and we saw of course Stark at the last World Cup, um, and uh, the line and length, uh, the metronome that is Josh Hazelwood. Um, it all it all bodes really well. So our, bo- our our bowling stocks, I think, look really strong. Um, uh, I think we're a good fielding team. Um, the question mark, I suppose, remains over the batting. Um, but I think the balance here is right in terms of uh, you know boppers and accumulators. Um, the question being, I think, in terms of the World Cup, and, and, and that's what uh, I think we'll see here, is will be you know the fitness of Steve Smith coming off elbow surgery, 
because you've got to think if Steve Smith is fit, he's certainly good enough to come uh, uh, straight back into that side. Um, and then you've, you've got to think that, uh, you know, well, we'll discuss the Ashes in a moment, but um, in terms of the ODI side, I, I would think that if, as long as David Warner is scoring some runs, um, you know, he would be uh, an obvious choice to partner Aaron Finch at the top of the order. Um, and then all of a sudden... Uh, things look pretty rosy so yeah um what a turnaround right the world cup's yeah i mean the, the world cup squad is far from decided and 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 there's there's still a few balls in the air but uh it's starting to stay, take shape and i think you know hopefully we can we can notch a few wins over there in india and and, all, and feel a bit more confident uh with how things are looking moving into world cup because uh we're certainly not the favorites with the bookies at the moment pat no, Chris, not at all, um, and, and justifiably so, considering some of our form uh, and the uncertainty around it all. But, B-Train, I think... I'm just looking at the games now, so I think we'll be back for a pod after the second ODI, um, and then we might wrap up the 2020s and the first two ODIs and then come back again after the last one. So um, put those dates in your calendars, folks, if you like to keep up with two for none. B-Train, let's talk about our Ashes squads. Um, you and I have taken a bit of time, we've thought about it, and we've picked some Ashes squads who we think might be able to do the business, who we'd like to see on the plane. And look, we're playing a bit of crystal ball stuff here, folks, but um, given the last test match of the Australian summer is over and there's not going to be any international red ball cricket between now and then, we might as well have a crack at it. So, Chris, here's the big question, big man. Should you go first or should I? Would you like to or should I? Uh, look, listen, uh, it's David Bowie Spaceman. Um, what we'll do, um, is we'll go, we'll, we'll go with you first. Okay. All right. I'm just um, going to toss a coin, Chris. I, I've got a coin out. Do you want to do a coin toss? I'll, uh, cricket match. Or a bat flip. Look, <laughs> um, Are you just happy for me to go and go for county rules? Yeah, you just go. I, yeah, well, you just go. You okay. Go. All right. So here's my 17. I'm going to do my 11, who I think I'm going to be on the field first, and then my bench, all right? So, sure. um, Burns Warner uh, opening the batting for me. Um, given Joey Burns is 180, he just made, he's, he's straight in there. I thought Harris made a good debut, but probably hasn't done quite enough to not be usurped by Davey Warner's mountain runs. So Burns, Warner, Kawaja. Steve Smith slots back in at four. Trav Head at five. Curtis Patterson, the spoon at six, Tim Payne at seven, Cummins at eight, Stark at nine, Hazelwood at 10 if he's fit, or Jai Richardson, uh, Nathan Lyon makes out my 11. On the bench, I've got obviously Stoinis is my all rounder, um, Jai Richardson is there because he's got to be. I've got Matty Wade in the side for two reasons. I think Matty Wade can cover with the gloves, obviously, for Tim Payne. Uh, and his form with a bat has just been absolutely wild. Um, he has made 1,081 runs between the three formats he's played so far in this cricket season. He's leading the Sheffield Shield. He's worked 571 runs at 63. He's second in the big bash to Darcy Short. He's got 323 at 40 um, with 350s and a high score of 85. So 
Uh, for me, that's enough. I think there's something political which might stop Wadey from being on the plane, but he's in my 17. Uh, John Holland is my backup spinner. I think Marcus Harris has done enough to get on the plane, and I also think that having a backup opening batsman is important because um, it's a bit of a specialized position. So I'm taking Harris as well. Chris Tremaine rounds out my 17 uh, because of his extraordinary form over the last couple of years. I think having two seamers as backup in the squad is a good call in case one of the boys goes down. Um, and with the, the flexibility of Wade and Harris and Stoinis, they should be able to cover you from all the batting positions. So that's my 17, Bardo. Yeah, not bad, Colin. <laughs> uh, not bad. Not bad. Um, I think John Holland's a. We look. We agree in most part. Okay. In most part. Yeah. Um, perhaps I'll go through my list and then we'll we'll uh, discuss points of contention. Please. Uh, so, uh, my starting eleven mm-hmm. is as follows. Providing it all is fit. Sure. Joe Burns. Mm-hmm. Marcus Harris, Ooh. Usman Kawaja, Steve Smith, mm-hmm. Travis Head, mm-hmm. Curtis Patterson, mm-hmm. Tim Payne, mm-hmm. Pat Cummins, mm-hmm. Mitchell Stark, Nathan Lyon, Josh Hazelwood. Sure. 12th man, Jai Richardson. Yeah. So, by and large part, we agree there with one notable uh, exception, I think. Yes. And I'll get to that in a moment. Sure. My bench is as follows uh, my, my so Richardson obviously uh, 12th man uh, first choice substitute Seema uh, I don't think you can really argue with uh, his sh- either his shield form uh, and the way that that's carried over into the test arena um, I would love to see him with a juke in his hand and uh, some humid conditions um, my next pick there is uh, Marcus Stoinis uh, as the uh, all-rounder um, you know I, I think if you can get uh, him averaging over 30 uh, and uh, averaging under 35 with the ball um, that's a win yep uh, and uh, I think that that's something he can do I think he'd, he'll be quite attacking coming in at number 6 uh, and uh, you know can either I, I think he's with the bat he's a chance of giving us a match winning innings um, or a match winning cameo uh, and uh, with the ball I think you know it would be good for you know 2 or 3 wickets that could uh Proof pivotal. I think he's got a bit of match winner about him, which I like. Yeah, we've seen that in the ODIs, and his form is in 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 Shield cricket is not uh, not too bad. Uh, in short form game is obviously better. Uh, I think you know we've covered this topic before, and um, and uh, you know I think we're both in agreement here. Chris Tremaine has to go. Uh, you know he's just so uh, he's been prolific in the last couple of years. He's been prolific again this summer. Um, only behind uh, Scotty Boland, who's just come out of, uh, you know, well, I mean, Scotty Boland's been a great limited overs bowler for a while, but uh, his shield form this year has been absolutely marvellous. Yeah, incredible. Um, but uh, Chris Tremaine's been um, consistent over a number of years. He's just tall, steepling. Um, kind of awkward. You know, that, that front, that awkward, that front arm just points to gully. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I just think he, a bit of... Um, Steve Harmison, actually, who, yeah. is who I was thinking of. Um, bit of Steve Harmison, which I, I don't mind. I, I think, you know, then you have a few um, different combinations that you can uh, run there with the, um, uh, you know, with the bowling lineup. Should Hazelwood, 
be unfit or you know should Starkey uh, lose his confidence um, you know uh, you've got a few different things uh, you can run there which I think is great uh, so then we come to the final three selections and this was hard this got this was tough um, <laughs> but I've got a bolter but I've got oh, a bolter selection, hold on selection shock Chris selection Barty shock. Chris Barty are you after all of your complaining giving me a selection shock right here right now on this podcast have you changed I am, sides? I am. Are you? I, I am. Well, no, no, but no. I haven't changed sides, but I think I think that this is quite a reasonable, uh, quite a reasonable thing. Chris, have you uh, turned I've gone into for Daniel, Hughes, Daniel Hughes. I've gone for Daniel Hughes Daniel from Hughes. Uh, from New South Wales. Uh, you may I remember Daniel know. Hughes uh, was once a captain's pick in the New South Wales team from Steve Smith. Um, he famously outed um, uh, Ed Cowan. Steady from New Eddie. South Wales because because uh, Steve Smith felt that Daniel Hughes had test playing potential uh, and I gotta say I feel like this uh, this Shield season uh, he's lived up to the billing um, hit me with some stats B-Train this is a bloody huge call pal it's a big one It's look it's a big one um, but his uh, average this, this year has been 46.1 Um the call from Justin Langer over the last over this summer has been that he wants his batsmen scoring hundreds. He wants his batsmen scoring hundreds, and look, there haven't been that many. Uh, but uh, Daniel Hughes has two of them, and he has two fifties, um, and his strike rate uh, is uh, quite measured at forty three. So he's, he's a considered guy that likes to bat for a bit of time makes some runs and when he gets in he makes it count so I think look I think that's that for me um, you know is is, is worth noting um, uh, he has a career shield average of uh, I think about 30, 39 high almost 40 and you know my golden rule Pat if you're not averaging 40 in first hey, class cricket I don't want to know get out of here hit the bricks so he's almost uh, he's almost averaging uh, uh, 40, certainly averaging over 40 this season. Um, he's a talented batsman, and uh, I don't mind taking him along. Um, Contentious, Brado. Contentious. Here. I was going to refer to you so, as the Mussolini of picks that you were uh, in World War One with us, and now maybe you've swapped sides. But um, in hearing your defence, Bardo, I can I can see your point of view. I do think it's a selection shock, B Train. Have you got a selection so, shock selection for me for shock. your last piece? Well, I've got two more pieces to go. Oh boy. Um, I'm strapping in. So no, I think this. I, I think we agree on this next one. Um, most Ashes tours tend to have a reserve wicketkeeper. Um, notable, notable reserve wicketkeepers of the past include Adam Gilchrist, uh, Tim Payne, Brad Haddon. So, um, and normally it's considered to be the next in line. I think that that, that gets the gig. Mm. So this really comes down to: Do you take Matthew Wade, um, who's been in and out of the side, but has been, you know has been a, a performer? Um, uh, at times uh, throughout a test career and it is in good shield form as we've discussed at the moment or do you take the heir apparent long term in Alex Carey who's the vice captain of the ODI side Pat he's the vice captain of the ODI side so they clearly think very highly of him mm-hmm. however um, given that this is a once in four years tour and we are really gunning for this and, and there's been concerns over the strength of our batting lineup, I've gone for Matthew Wade hey. as the second wicket keeper simply because um, he is a capable wicketkeeper. 
Um, he's a good personality to, uh, you know, very, very uh, chipper on the field. Um, and uh, he's been scoring some runs. And you can't argue with that. So I think that's fine. Now, this last selection, Pat. Oh, Chris. Oh, oh boy. Oh, oh, boy. Holy oh, dooly. Oh, goodness. I worked hard on this one. I worked hard. As you know, we were supposed to start recording at 2 p.m. We didn't start till 2.40. Um, because, <laughs> <laughs> because it took me 40 minutes. Uh, um, let me say this. Okay. Uh, I looked for every reason not to select this person. I really did. I, I combed through all the stats. And I thought, I, you know... Um, I've picked David Warner for the last spot in the squad. Yeah. Um, my concerns are thus. One, um, how does he fit in from a, a, a team morale perspective? How does that work? Um, you know, because um, as much as uh, Bancroft and uh, Smith were demonized uh, over this, um, uh, the ball tampering furor, no one was demonized more than David Warner. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he was, I suppose, you know, painted as a ringleader, you know, is he trustworthy, da, da, da. We're not in the inner circle, so we don't know, but that was externally that, that, that appeared to be a concern. My other concern with that was, uh, the Barmy army factor, um, mm. the English press factor, because yeah. you can, you can see, uh, I can just foresee them just getting absolutely stuck in. Oh, and no. I think that's going to go one of two ways. Yeah. One of two ways. That will either, uh, you know, get into his head and, you know, he'll have a torrid time of it. Or David Warner being the pugilist that he is, um, it'll absolutely fire him up and you'll see, you know, him score 250 runs off, you know, 100 balls. Yeah. Um, so one of two ways. I think you can't deny that this guy wins games of cricket um, for you, you know, yeah. and... Um, effectively, when he and Smith were left out of the side, Australia effectively started every game with a 100-run penalty. Yeah. Um, At least. So, there's those things. The, the other thing I would say is that you would have picked up that Steve Smith, who's been out for the same amount of time, is straight back in uh, to the starting eleven. because I think Steve Smith is a better batsman than David Warner, in yeah. my opinion. Oh, I think and I think correct. Steve Smith is... I think Steve Smith is a once-in-a-generation player um, and uh, his ability uh, is undeniable. And to be honest, I would even go so far as to make him vice-captain. Um, I have to whisper that. Um, <laughs> David David Warner, on the other hand, as, as special as he has been, I think still needs to make some runs in shield cricket after a prolonged absence mm. from the elite, most elite levels of the game. So I've concluded him as my last man uh, because I could. You can just see, uh, you know, uh, with Australia, perhaps you know the series locked at one all, going into the fourth test at Trent Trent Bridge. I don't even know if that's where the fourth test is, but let's presume it is. Um, and, uh, and 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 Warner coming out and and uh, blasting them to all parts. Um, and I just don't want to leave that at home, you know. I just don't want to leave that at home. Um, Mate, Worst case scenario, absolutely. he warms the bench for three months. The some honourable mentions, Pat. Some honourable mentions for yep. me. Some guys that that missed out, um, but I think can count themselves unlucky. Uh, obviously, Alex Carey from the for the backup wicketkeeping position, um, and then some other some other less notable names. I think Trent Copeland can count himself unlucky. 
Um, we've probably Trent Copeland's probably more famous these days for his work, uh, his analytical work next to big TV screens uh, on on Channel Seven. But his bowling statistics at the moment are, are bloody amazing. Um, Shout out and, to uh, Alex Spinks there, who's a huge fan of Trent Copeland, has been trying to convince me for years he should be inside the test side. So, hello, Spinks, if you're listening, please continue, B Train. Who else your honourable mentions? Well, f- funny enough, Trent Copeland and Nathan Lyon debuted in the same test match, I believe. So, oh. um, and I don't think he performed that badly. But um, uh, look, I think Trent Copeland as a bowling all round is a really intriguing option. Um, he's not bad with the bat. Um, and um, you know his bowling uh, figures this uh, summer so far have been absolutely superb. Uh, he's a very likable guy on the telly. So uh, I, I think he can get himself unlucky. Uh, Michael Neese is in the same boat, uh, much the same boat as Trent Copeland. Um, you know we did a Moneyball segment earlier in the summer, and yeah. Neese, uh, statistically speaking, um, is the all rounder that should be chosen. Uh, but uh, I, I still uh, like the subjective pick. So he's missed out on that standpoint. Um, look, Marnus Labashain, I've also said unlucky. Yeah, um, Labashain didn't make my side either, actually, now I'm looking at it. What what I think you can say he's unlucky about is uh, that uh, he's been in the test side, uh, uh, you know, sort of throughout Pakistan and obviously the most recent series. Um, handy leg spin. We don't really have a second spinner. I guess that then falls to Steve Smith. We'd have to fly one over. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, all that being said... The other honourable mention, I think, for me is John Holland. I don't think he'll make the trip unless Nathan Lyon gets injured and they're looking for someone to bowl some finger spin. Um, but even that being said, uh, Mitchell Swepson, 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 Swepson. Um, yeah. has uh, more impressive figures so far this summer, but I think Holland's been better over a longer period of time. And look, mate, that's, maybe that's, I, that's how I feel about the Ashes, Pat. Maybe that's where we're we're off the money. That that um, instead of Hughes or Holland, you'll end up with Minus on the plane, given the fact that he has performed quite well this summer without necessarily setting on the world on fire. Um, the Warner question is a great one, Chris. I mean, I think back to our podcast about the darkest day in Australian history and how upset you and I were, and how much damage David Warner did to Australian cricket, and how much. Tim Payne and the coaching staff since and the all the staff cricket Australia have been desperate to change the image presented by Australian cricket. Um, and really, David Warner represents that utterly and almost entirely. Um, the sad fact is that he's a world-class batsman. And while you're right, he doesn't have the same level of talent as Steve Smith, who is truly extraordinary... He is so good that if we're trying to win an Ashes series overseas, that I don't think we can leave him out. My dad points out that Warner's average overseas and his average in Australia are vastly different, and he does struggle against the moving ball. However, I don't know how much better Marcus Harris is going to be in the same situation. And what Warner does have is experience and weight of runs. Um, it's going to be a tough selection, Chris, and maybe you're right. Maybe he sits on the bench for the first game or two and, and Harrison Burns get a run at it. Um, but I think both those guys do have to be on the plane. I think your selection of Daniel Hughes is buck wild, Bardo, and I'd be very surprised if that goes down. But I have been wrong in the past. Just ask Marnus Labuschagne. So, um, yeah, huge. Do you know when the first test... Do you want to guess the date of the first test, Bardo? It's actually at Edgbaston. But do you want to guess where it, when it is? Oh, no. 
<laughs> just, just tell me. August. Uh, I don't know. One August. to five. Edge Baston yeah, is okay. the first test. We're playing test cricket in August in the UK, which is kind of buck wild. Um, mate, that that's really interesting. Thank you for doing that. I really enjoyed that, and I hope you did too, folks. Um, feel free to pen down your uh, 17 players you'd like to see go on the plane for the Ashes and post it to us on Facebook. That's two for none uh, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash two for none, all one word. Um, B-Train, I think we should wrap this up. And how I'd like to wrap it up, pal, is just hearing your top three highlights from the summer so far. What were your three most memorable moments of the 2018-19 summer of cricket? Oh, good question. Uh, Pat Cummins run out. Yep, that's one of mine as well. Uh, Pat Cummins six for. Yeah. All down the leg side, um, caught it, caught it leg gully, beautiful. Yep, and uh, test victory in Perth. Yep, yep, I like it. I'm with you on Paddy Cummins' run out. That's my number one as well. I thought that was absolutely extraordinary. Um, Pajara was a real highlight for me. As difficult as he was to watch bat, mm. um, mm-hmm. it was just such a clinic. It was a masterclass in, in how to approach test batting and something we could all really admire. Um, it was great seeing Virat in town as well. And then my third highlight for the season was seeing Australians get hundreds and being at Monica Oval to watch Usman get his hundred. That was a real highlight for me um, and a real joy. But B-Train, you're right. The summer of uncertainty finishes slightly more certain than it was, pal. And I'm going to ask you for some final thoughts now before we uh, call time on the pod for the summer of 2018-19. The summer of uncertainty has come to an end. And at this time, I like to tend (laughs) to words in the form of poems. So let's get going. Because we're at the end of the pod. Thank God. It's been a summer of uncertainty. It's taken an eternity. Mm. But here we are. Off to India. Get it, India. <laughs> Once again. Rhyme rocked my world. Thank you very much, Chris Barty. You're an absolute legend. We will be back after the second ODI against India. Enjoy your four weeks or a couple of weeks off without two for none, folks. Thank you for listening to the pod this summer. Thank you for our, our wonderful Irish interviews we had. Craig East down at Cricket Island, you legend. Um, and everyone else that has taken some time to spread the word of two for none. We really, really appreciate it, folks. Keep it up. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Be trained. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, guys, away. Okay,